Good morning, everybody. Before I get into the message, Audrey, I appreciate the songs about the blood this morning. I belong to a, full, a group on Facebook. It's called The Church Pianist. And there's some very, very funny things that go on in churches. But one of the discussions this past week has been about the musician's dilemma in choosing songs for Palm Sunday, and there's only about three songs ever written about Palm Sunday, then the division for Easter, because it's only one day, and we celebrate the resurrection of Christ on Easter, but there is no resurrection without the death of Christ. And without the death of Christ, there's no blood that was shed. So these people are writing, well, what are you going to play on Palm Sunday? Are you going to play songs about the blood and then just play resurrection songs on Easter? I bet nobody here has ever had that thought, have you? <laughs> well, it is a big thing in the minds of church pianists. What's the right thing to play on Easter? Is it conglomerate of all of it, or you just separate it out, and that's kind of what we did this morning. So I'm, I'm happy for that. But we do give honor and praise to the Lord Jesus Christ today, the triumphal king, as John chapter 12 talks about, and that is not going to be my message today, really, but the people were gathered together and they were honoring and praising and worshiping Jesus, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And it happens that in the throng that day was one there to honor Jesus whom he had just raised from the dead. And we're going to find out who that was in just a few minutes. But because he was there, because of the miracle that Jesus did for him, it increased the size of the crowd there that day to worship him. So all things point to the Father, point to the glory of God for the miracles that were happening there. And today we are going to look at Jesus, the raiser of the dead. Now, Obviously, as I said, next week we're going to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus himself. But the Bible records three accounts of Jesus raising people from the dead. And they are all in the Gospels. You can find them all there. And we're going to look at all three of those very briefly. And then we'll pull it all together at the end. So the first is found in Mark chapter 5. If you would turn your Bibles, we're going to be in Mark, Luke, and John in that order. So if you would turn to Mark chapter 5. This account is of Jairus's daughter, and we're going to start with verse 35. Mark 5, 35. While he was still speaking to the woman with the issue of blood that we just read about not too long ago. While he was still speaking, some came from the house of the synagogue official named Jairus, saying, your daughter has already died. Why trouble the teacher any longer? 
But Jesus, overhearing what was spoken, said to the synagogue official, Do not be afraid, only believe. How many of your Bibles say, do not be afraid, only believe? How many says, do not be afraid any longer, only believe? King James says, do not be afraid, only believe. But many other uh, translations say, do not be afraid any longer, only believe. And he allowed no one to follow him except his prayer team, Peter, James, and John, he took with him. And they came to the house of the synagogue official, and he saw a great commotion in people, loudly weeping and wailing. And entering in, he said to them, why make a commotion and weep? The child has not died, but is asleep. And they began laughing at him and putting them all out. He took only the child's father and mother and his own companions, Peter, James, and John, and entered the room where the child was. And taking the child by the hand, verse 41, he said to her, Talitha kum, which is translated to mean, little girl, I say to you, get up. And immediately the girl got up and began to walk, for she was 12 years old. And immediately they were completely astonished. And now if you flip over to the book of Luke, chapter 7. We're going to look at the widow of Nain, a, a city called Nain, N-A-I-N. Luke 7, verse 12. Now as he approached the gate of the city of Nain, a dead man was being carried out. For you remember that always the dead was carried out of the city, not allowed to remain inside the city gates. And Jesus was going into the city. And a dead man was being carried out, the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. A sizable crowd from the city was with her. And when the Lord saw her, he felt compassion for her, and he said, Do not weep. And Jesus came up and touched the coffin, and the bearers halted. And Jesus said, Young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. And now if you turn to John chapter 11. John 11 verse 39. Everybody there? I don't want to move too fast. And Jesus said, remove the stone. Martha, the sister of the deceased, said to him, but Lord, by this time there will be a stench for he's been dead for four days. And Jesus said to her, Did I not say to, the, to you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God? So they removed the stone. Then Jesus raised his eyes and he said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me. But because of the people standing around, I said it 
so that they may believe that you sent me. And when he had said these things, he cried out with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And the man who died came forth, bound hand and foot with wrappings, and his face was wrapped around with a cloth. And Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. And therefore, many of the Jews who had come to Mary to comfort her and saw what he had done, believed in him. But some of them went to the Pharisees and told them the things which Jesus had done. And of course, that sets up the whole next week of Jesus in his life and towards his death. There are some noteworthy similarities and points of interest that I want to look at in each of these three accounts. I believe, first and foremost, that Jesus' motivation was two things. One, his divinity, and two, his compassion in that order. In his divinity, Jesus had the power over death because he was God. There's no arguing, there's no qualifying of that fact. Jesus was God and therefore had the power innately in him over death. This is how he knew that these three were coming up out of the deathbed for Jairus' daughter, out of the coffin for the widow's son, and out of a grave that he had been in for four days in the case of Lazarus. And as a result of all of these happenings, the Bible told us each time, and people believed. They saw it and believed. Jesus showed his divinity in the way that he raised each of them differently. He didn't treat them all the same, but he spoke the command and death obeyed. Amen? He reached out and he touched the coffin of the widow's son, not the body, but he spoke to the body and said, get up, it's time to go. We're moving forward. But he took the hand of the little girl and very sweetly called her a, a term of endearment, if you will, little girl. It's time to get up now. And she did. And with Lazarus, he commanded first that the stone be moved. I, as I was preparing this message, I started laughing, thinking, what if Lazarus had just, if Jesus hadn't said, remove the stone, and Lazarus just came walking through the rock and said, here I am. I might have been a little too much for the people to handle to see that. But in each of these three cases, the Bible says, and remember that Jesus himself is the word, that he spoke the word. He spoke the command over the physical death to release the body that death was holding, and immediately death obeyed and was conquered, and life was restored to these three. All three of these were resurrected in their same physical bodies. These were not glorified bodies. They were not resurrected to a different uh, body, a different calling in life, 
nor anything different than what they were and who they were. This is known because it says that the little girl was 12 years old. She was still under the care and the protection of her mother and father. The widow Nain's son was her only source of income, her only source of support and protection. So Jesus gave him back to his mother to carry on his responsibilities. And with Lazarus, he was the head of the household. Mary and Martha were his sisters, and they looked up to him, and they depended on him. And he ran the business, and he ran the household. And Jesus returned him in his same body back to them the way they were. They were not glorified bodies, but they proclaimed the mighty power of God over death. I believe that the second thing that Jesus was motivated by was compassion for the grieving families. The beginning of the story of Jairus' encounter with Jesus began about 10 or 12 verses before where we read the text from. When Jairus ran into the crowd and he threw himself at Jesus' feet, and the Bible says that he implored him earnestly, saying, my little daughter is dying. Please come and lay your hands upon her so that she will get well and live. And the Bible says that Jesus immediately began to follow Jairus to his house, and that's at the point in which, in the throng of all these people, while walking to Jairus' house, the woman with the issue of blood encountered Jesus for herself and was healed. And after her healing, the servant came running and said, it's too late, she's already dead. And the people told him, Jairus, you don't need to bother Jesus anymore. It's too late. Just go on. But Jesus spoke with such compassion. And he said to Jairus, don't be afraid. That's why I ask you, does your Bible say just don't be afraid? Or does it say don't be afraid any longer? My NASB says don't be afraid any longer. Just believe. She's not dead. She's only sleeping. I, I love the fact that Jesus protected this little girl from the crowd. He sent them all away and said, no, no, only her mother and father and Peter and James and John are going in to be with this little girl. And he allowed just as what I said, the prayer warriors and his mother and father. And he so gently took her hand. Jesus took that little girl's hand, and said to her, little one, get up now, just as though she were only sleeping, as he had told the father, she's not dead, she's only asleep. And the Bible says immediately she got up and walked out and presented herself before the throng, and they were totally astonished. I believe my Bible says completely astonished. Mission accomplished. She was alive and well. Jesus had proved his divinity, and the Father was glorified in the Son. And then turning to, his, to the mother, Jesus said, Mama, go fix her some food. She's hungry now. And the mom went to feed her. And then Lazarus, 
You all know that Jesus loved Lazarus, Lazarus and Mary and Martha. He was close to them, like family. He had spent time with them in their home. They had ministered to them, to him. But in this case, even more so than in the previous two examples, Jesus proved both his divinity and his compassion. He said to his disciples immediately upon hearing that Lazarus was very sick, that this sickness is not unto death, not unto final death, but would be used for the glory of God. And he purposely remained where he was for two additional days. In John 11, 11, Jesus said, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may awake him out of sleep. And Jesus said, I'm glad for your sakes because that I wasn't there. For now, you're going to see a magnificent miracle and you will believe. And the disciples pointed out to him, but Jesus, it's, it's very dangerous for you to go into Judea where, where Lazarus was. It was a bad political time. And Jesus said, I'm going anyway knowing that his own time was coming very soon. Mary and Martha already knew full well of Jesus' divinity. They knew that he was God. They knew he could have healed their brother, and they said so. And they could, he could have prevented the death at any point in the time. He could have spoken the word from where he was. But Jesus said, I'm going to use this to glorify God, and people will believe. All of this is well established in the scripture. But in their humanity and in their grief-stricken state, they couldn't see beyond the possibility that what could have been and now wasn't. He could have healed him. He could have stopped the death. He could have arranged things different, but he didn't. And now Jesus was moved by this compassion and their grief-strickenness. And the Bible says that Jesus wept with them. When Jesus commanded that the stone be removed, Martha said, but Lord, he's decomposing and he stinks. But Jesus had a different plan. He'd already taken care of the body. That wasn't an issue at all. And he reminded her saying, didn't I tell you, Martha, that if you would just believe, you would see the glory of God again in his divinity and in his compassion and then Jesus prayed that prayer to the Father. Lord, I know you've heard everything I've said, but for these around, I want them to hear it. Thank you for hearing and seeing me. Every deed and every word that, that Jesus said in John chapter 11 had led up to this very moment that Jesus purposed to come late. He purposed to glorify God. He purposed to cause people to believe, 
to draw them to God for salvation. And he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he gave the command loudly, the command over death. And he commanded those nearby to remove those death-related things. Take off those coverings that once bound him because now he is free of death. Amen. You know the old joke, you've heard it, I'm sure, that if Jesus hadn't called Lazarus' name specifically, every dead body in that graveyard would have come forth. But Jesus called only Lazarus in the power of resurrection. As I said in the beginning, this is Palm Sunday when Jesus rode into Jerusalem as king of Israel on a donkey colt. And Lazarus was there. And all those people who saw him resurrected from the dead was there. But there's coming a time when Jesus comes again. And it is coming. And it won't be on a donkey. <laughs> For this time it will be in the clouds of glory. And this time the resurrection of the dead will not be of physical bodies, but of heavenly glorified bodies that will be ready and adorned to enter in to the kingdom of God. For then we will be changed in the twinkling of an eye, the Bible says, it shall happen, and we shall behold him then in all of his divinity, in all of his splendor, and we will know in the first person the depth of his compassion and love for his children. Do you believe it this morning? I do, and I'm so thankful for the Lord. Would you stand and let's pray this morning. Father, we're so thankful for the power of God that dwells in your Son, Jesus Christ. And we magnify him. We glorify him as God. We lift him up as God on this day and every day, Lord. We thank you for giving us God as our Savior. Oh, we can't forget it. And we are looking for that day when those dearly departed saints who went before us are first resurrected, Lord, and then we who are alive and remain are caught up to be with our Lord in the air. What a meeting and a grand reunion that day will be. Lord, we thank you. We thank you that you are the resurrector and the raiser of the dead. We give you glory and honor for that, Lord Jesus, for it gives us hope and it gives us knowledge and confidence that we will, too, be raised from the dead, resurrected if we go by the grave, or we will be caught away if we are yet alive when Jesus returns for his own. Thank you, Lord, that these are not just stories in a book, but they are real, and they are going to happen just as written in the word of God. Today, Lord, I pray for each one. Oh, Father, as we go out from this place, 
to that scary place out there, Lord, that we carry your light within us. And oh God, that you would use those lights within us to, to lighten this dark, dark world that we are in. God, last week we talked about Absalom and the spirit of Absalom is out there, Lord, trying to kill off the king and trying to take over God. But your power is greater. And we submit to your power today, Lord. We ask you, oh God, to work a miracle, Lord, a miracle of resurrection, of raising the dead, evil, wicked things go away, but raise righteousness, Lord, on this earth. Righteousness, Lord, in you as we go forth from this place. We ask it all. Oh, we are so thankful and grateful today for the Lord Jesus Christ, the raiser of the dead and our Savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.